0: Hey, this is Craig from the Craig Skits podcast. You can find me on Twitch.tv slash Craig Skits or YouTube.com slash Craig Skits. And guess what? You have found we podcast
1: and we know things.
0: And you know what?
1: That's good well hello everybody and welcome to episode 213 of we podcast and we know things where we recap all of the week's nerdy news even on a short week my name is greg hahn alongside of me is almost always the best damn voice in the business the gobbledygooker himself sam matora hey happy turkey day everybody all right. We are coming to you on Thanksgiving. So yeah, uh, we're not recording it on Thanksgiving. We do have families and lives. Uh, <laughs> we are recording Tuesday, November 24th, 2020. So a short week of news could it be our
0: fastest turnaround. It doesn't mean,
1: it very possible. And it doesn't mean that it's not a jam packed episode. There's a lot that happened over the last what five days or four days since we last yeah, four or five, but we wanted to bring you an episode and we wanted to give it to you a day early. So you're welcome um and we are here live on squawker so what we're going to do because we got a fun one for you is we're going to go down the list of what we're going to talk about tonight so we have our picks of the week we have trivia where it's 15 for me 13 and a half for sam and our race to 11 win by two We've been starting with gaming a ton over the past few months. We're going to switch that back up. We're going to go to movies first, where I'll host it, TV, and then Sam will take over after TV for a short gaming section. We'll pick it back up with music, where we have three, count them, three reviews. Sam has a CGC spotlight. and We will get on out of here so you can enjoy your Thanksgiving. We hope you listen to this as you're traveling. We hope you're not traveling, but if you are. <laughs> I was going to say, if you're in Philly, you ain't traveling. If you are, we we hope that, uh, and we do recognize that this is a worldwide show. Um, but yeah, if you are if you are traveling, which again, be safe, be, be smart. Be safe and smart. Exactly. Um, hopefully, we are your companions. We're companions on the journey we went to grade school that was catholic we totally went to a catholic school all right so uh first and foremost again happy thanksgiving to everybody um but we wanted to also give you another present for thanksgiving that is episode two of the nintendo's thoughts on that's going to drop this monday so cyber monday so while you're doing your cyber shopping online give us a listen to the nintendo's thoughts on and what i'm going to do this week is uh for, for the second episode a game of the year discussion where I'm not going to give my game of the year, but I'm going to unveil number one, the nominees for my game of the year. And number two, I'm going to go over my past every year. Since we've done this podcast, we've done our top three games of the year. I'm going to go through all of those years and decide, was I crazy? Was I in the right frame of mind? At least the last year. Yeah. 2018 you're thinking of Um, that was Spider-Man and God of War and so i'm going to go through all of those years that we've done the pod which is four of them and i'm going to go through my top three and if i want to reorganize i will or if i want to stay put i will and then i'll give the nominees for 2020 so really looking forward to that episode because we love the end of the year show where we recap our favorites of the year and quite frankly our worst of the year which can't wait for that i love doing that too Uh, but that'll be the nintendo's thoughts on episode two dropping this monday cyber monday Uh, we hope you enjoy sam let's just dive into it we got a really nice nifty show tonight uh like i said we got some reviews for a christmas film we got some deadpool 3 news we got obviously the mandalorian chapter 12 our thoughts on that i'm gonna spoil the living shit out of the supernatural series finale for you
0: uh we, we already discussed that You already had to edit the shit out of that review.
1: (laughs) I kid, I kid. There will be no spoilers for the Supernatural series finale. Knock on
0: wood, I have not found out anything and I'm avoiding anything. So please, everyone, don't send me anything. Please.
1: In gaming, Sam and I have some impressions. Both of us. For a PlayStation exclusive game that we've been wanting to play for a long time. Hang on to your asses for that one. We can't wait. And then in music, I'm going to talk about a couple different records, but Sam and I are both going to give a review for Hello, It's You from one of our favorite bands up and coming, uh, our boys in bearings, friends of the podcast, Uh, our last live interview before Corona hit. Go back and listen to that one from March.
0: That was the last concert we've also been to. That's also true. Good,
1: <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Last show, last show we've been to. But let's start as always, where we customarily do with our picks of the week.
0: And I'm going to keep it in gaming. Uh, we talked about it last week a lot, but my pick of the week is is Spider-Man Miles Morales. This was, you know, I think it's the perfect launch title for the PS5. If you played the PS4 version, this is just a continuation, a little add-on. My my biggest complaint is it, it's just so short. If you really don't care about the side missions, which I know you don't care about, at least the prowler's missions, which I don't blame you. They're they're not the greatest. But it just filler to keep you kind of going if you really wanted to. This like we said last week, this is the speedrunner's game dream because they're gonna be able to beat this shit in probably like an hour and a half. But I know IGN gave it a nine out of ten. I think an eight is probably where it's really at or it should be. Um it's it's if you played the Uncharted series, you know, Uncharted Lost Legacy compared to just the same amount. Like I've probably, the stories are probably the same exact length. But whether I think if you got a PS4, or PS5, it's worth the what was it 50 bucks, I think. Yeah, it, it, it's worth it for me. At least it, it kind of continues the story. It, the mid credit scene along it's that alone is enough just to kind of give you a little tease from where the first one kind of left off. So that they're still going to continue that in the eventual Spider-Man 2 with Peter Parker. So I I think they had some bugs to fix out. We know the game's not perfect, but if you're like me and you, we just love swinging around the damn city. So if you got it, Spider-Man, Miles Morales.
1: And, remember a couple of different things about that number one there is like a collector's edition where you can get the remastered ps5 version of the original so if you're getting a ps5 and you're coming over from xbox or nintendo or you didn't get a chance to play uh my i'm sorry the first spider-man game get the limited edition one it's 20 extra bucks but you get the entire spider-man ps5 remastered and quite frankly if you just like collecting trophies do the two because it's got a separate trophy list from the ps4 one so that would be my recommendation there number two man it's going to be really really weird going back to peter Pir- peter parker's spider-man knowing how good miles morales's combat was and he's got those venom powers which peter doesn't have i wonder how they're going to be able to transition us back into that
0: and and if, and the the camouflage feature because i definitely right. utilize that quite a bit in this yeah. game and it's again it I still don't like how Peter looks, even though he's only in the game for a little bit. It still kind of bugged me. Literally one cutscene, and but it bothered me. It was enough to almost like it. <laughs> it it looked it looked worse graphically than the last one, so which yeah. was baffling to me. But hey, that, that just that's just my personal preference.
1: Yeah, my pick of the week is also in gaming. I also played it on my PlayStation, Star Wars Squadrons. Okay, I've seen some gameplay. Uh, I got this for twenty bucks on a black Friday sale, early black Friday sale. We're recording this well before black Friday, Uh, but I got it overnight shipped from our boys at Amazon and girls at Amazon immediately, immediately had to plug it in and play because I knew it was a shorter experience. I knew that uh, it was, you know, a, a, a flight game where you're shooting down, you know, enemy ships and all that stuff, but you're flying around in space. And if we haven't said it enough, I have a setup for my entertainment, that would be very good for that type of experience. So uh, I sat my fat ass about four feet from an 85 inch television, got myself into the best mode of flight that I possibly could. Somebody who hates flying and uh, flicked it on. And I'm really, really impressed with it. Um, That's good to hear. It's, it's really, really good. The flight is fun. It's simple to, to do, but tough to master um so like you fly exclusively with the right stick and like when we've played games you move with the left and you look with the right and it kind of throws that in reverse a little bit you use the left stick to go faster and slower and to do barrel rolls and and spins and stuff like that but you actually fly what with the right stick and that can be Tough at first, but you get used to it. And then every single button does something between the shields and the blasters and the rockets and the this and the that. So they definitely utilize the controls. Um, it's got a fun, albeit predictable and short story. Um, but man, I play this game to be flying around in space, shooting down TIE fighters and shooting down X-Wings because you play as both the rebels and the, uh, the Imperials. So like super cool. Concept, you go back and forth, this, that, or the other. You get to customize your character. You get to name your character, whatever you want. Um, so a little bit of customization there. They are preset characters, so you pick what they give you, but you have like 10 choices. So you got some some customization there. Um, it's so cool to be going a million miles an hour and chasing this TIE fighter who does this big barrel, and then you do it afterwards. You stop, you turn around, it's behind you, and you shoot it down out of the sky. It It is awesome it is really neat and it is pretty immersive. They do a really nice job of that. And they put like the little droid in the back cockpit and you turn around, it's an R2D2 droid or whatever you want to call it, an R2 droid. And like, you're like, oh, that's a cool little thing. And it's it's just a fun little $20 for me. It was 20 bucks. uh, Usually I think 40, fun little experience. I probably have like, I think it's only like six to seven hours. I'm already about two in. So I'm almost halfway done and I just got it yesterday. Uh, it's just really fun. I really enjoy it. And for 20 bucks, boy, howdy, is it worth it? It's not going to be in my game of the year discussion unless it does different things. I don't expect it to. But uh, it was just really, really fun. I'll talk more about that on the Nintendo. Mm, that's good to hear. I still have not yeah. play the bracer yet. Oh, yeah, I uh, got as far as I possibly could before the frustration set in and I threw a controller in rage. Yeah, I believe I, it's such a hard that game is so easy. And then at the seventh race, it's just fuck you, not easy anymore, and it's just super duper hard. And I yeah, just, I
0: I, always, I only remember that game being hard
1: when it when it comes to racing games. I have a very small tolerance for failure. I just do. I don't. I already think racing games can be monotonous. So to like fail and have to do it again and again, I'm just kind of over it at that point. But for somebody who plays Pokemon, which is literally the same thing, eight different. Hey, times, yep i get it (laughs) all right sam so we got through our picks of the week let's do trivia it is 13 and a half for you 15 for me i'm up by a point and a half i have a chance to win i want the question first because you can't handle the smoke that's Um, it
0: let's find out which spider-man villain was the son of the kingpin
1: oh i have no idea answers please
0: you have a the rose B, Overdrive, C, Tombstone, or D, White Rabbit?
1: I love the name White Rabbit. I'm going with that.
0: Incorrect. Damn. It was The Rose. Ooh, okay. Later becomes Blood Rose, but
1: yep. Yeah, uh, never in a million years. But I like, did, now, did you come up with those answers, the rest of them?
0: I came, the only one I added was Tombstone, because I know that's a Spider-Man villain.
1: Gotcha. That's cool. Hey, you know what? If it would have been White Rabbit and i that's how I would have potentially won, that would have been a lot of fun.
0: And I, I was kind of hoping you were going to say Tombstone because he was in the Spider-Man PS4 game. So that's kind of why I threw him in there. I thought you might have leaned towards him.
1: Yeah. Uh, didn't pick up on that one. But I'll take it. I All survive right. another week. You do. You survive another week. And as a matter of fact, you could pull within a half of a point right now. And this is very possible because this is a PlayStation question. So very, very possible. Outside of Ghost of Tsushima and Sly Cooper, what PlayStation exclusive franchise did Sucker Punch create?
0: Hmm. Uh, I don't know no game in like that.
1: Uh. A Sony exclusive, you said? That is correct. It's a PlayStation exclusive. Let me hear. Uh, the what? The choices? Yeah. Did Sucker Punch create Infamous? Did Sucker Punch create Resistance? Did Sucker Punch create Little Big Planet, or did Sucker Punch create Heavenly Sword?
0: I don't like it all. I don't like none of it. Is there E? None of the above.
1: Um. <laughs> if you want, I mean, you, you can say whatever you want. Uh, you can go Q if you want. Uh, I can make up you know, Q kill zone. There you go.
0: Let's go D Heavenly Sword.
1: I put that in there as the one that I'd hope you said because it was it was A, wasn't it? It was Infamous.
0: That I was hate great. life. I know it. I was back and forth <laughs> in my head, dude. Every time it's I'm back and forth every single time, and that's I that's two
1: weeks in down. a row. You were between two and you picked the wrong one. Two weeks in a row. <laughs> Next week uh, I'm just gonna say. What is the region that that Pokemon takes place in for Gen One? If I said that, what would you say?
0: What What did I tell you four podcasts ago? If you want me to get a wrong answer, keep asking Pokemon questions because I'll never first, get one right.
1: But it's the first region. It's the original, the OG. What region did Red and Blue take place?
0: Is in? it Johto? No, that's Gen Two. It's Kanto. Kanto. See, I get it mixed up, man. It's okay. There's eight it, of them. Pokemon is all. It's all the same. It's like Parkwood. Our houses all look the same. For the most
1: part, I'll give you that. Yeah, <laughs> I'll give I'll give you that. That's where we live. Sam just went behind inside baseball there. Of course, most people knew that anyway. And if you look Parkwood up on a map, you would just see like Pat's Pizza, a Wawa and 6000 houses that look identical and, so, and some fields. A, yeah, a lot of fields and a school. Uh, we got a school, so that's one. And that's a win for Peter. All right, let's move into the movie section. We have one review and then three stories to talk about. The review is The Christmas Chronicles part two Netflix original holiday film, maybe a classic. You might ask yourself, why in the hell of all the reviews in the world are you reading this? Is it that slow of a newsweek? And I say to you, nay. I mean, what was part one? (laughs) I loved part one. Part one came out two years ago when Ashley was pregnant and we watched it Thanksgiving night after we got home and we just cuddled up on the couch with a fire and watched this movie. And it became an instant classic for me. Um, it's got uh, Kurt Russell, he plays Santa Claus. And uh, he doesn't do ho ho ho. Like it's actually a really cute story. Two kids, they stay up to try and catch them. They do they get caught in a sleigh, they end up in Chicago. And uh, they try to get home before Christmas because he lost his magic and stuff. It's, it's actually a really nice story. They came out with a part two. And like the end credit scene almost has Goldie Hawn as Mrs. Claus. And that's what this movie apparently kind of picks up on is the story of Russell Crowe. I'm sorry, Russell Crowe, Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn as (laughs) Santa and Mrs. Claus. I don't know anything else about that outside of it. I just really like the first one. It comes out well tomorrow for us yesterday for the folks listening to this. So Wednesday. So after we put the ornaments on our tree, all four of them now, we have four Christmas trees. Give me a fucking break. Although I do love Christmas. Yeah, but you know, having one on every floor is a lot. 2 on one floor. I only got a 3-story house. Oh god. <laughs> and then uh and after the, after we're done that, we're going to drink some hot cocoa and watch this movie maybe out on the porch with our uh with our new fire pit. So we'll see. Oh, look at you coming up in the world. Uh, hey man, I bought it for her birthday. I got a coffee table fire pit thing, like the big long ones with the big propane fire pit in there. Yeah. And I bought that really nice blue reflective glass and I built it on Saturday. I built it, got to the last step. The door didn't close because I put the second piece on upside down. I had to unbuild the entire thing to flip it over and rebuild the whole thing. You were so close. A 45 minute process took two hours. So I'm so, and my back was killing me. You build a fucking fireplace by yourself. It's not pretty and I'm not exactly what they call in shape. So. Uh, I am a shape, not in shape. Let's read the review for Christmas Chronicles part two directed and co-written by Chris Columbus who made rent a among amongst other things. He gets credit for Harry Potter, Harry Potter movies, but like for me, it's rent uh, once again takes full advantage of Kurt Russell's exuberance as Santa. And with the addition of Goldie Hawn's Mrs. Claus for, uh, excuse me, to make a rewarding romp about young Kate P- uh, Pierce's need to rediscover the holiday spirit. I'm just going to tell you, it's a seven out of ten. I'm so psyched on this now that I know Kate Pierce is in it again. Uh, this is going to be a great movie. If you're looking for a Christmas, you know, fun, you haven't you haven't seen the Christmas Chronicles yet? It's on Netflix. The second one will be on Wednesday. By the time you're listening to this, it will be live. Go watch both of them back to back. Thank me later. They're the most fucked up looking elves in the entire Christmas universe. They will freak you out, but you'll be thankful.
0: I was gonna say I I I don't know if I if I'm in the Christmas spirit as of yet.
1: Are you a Christmas movie kind of guy though?
0: No, yeah, I do. I I really do like Christmas movies, but just maybe we're, let let Thanksgiving pass and. Th- that's how we'll I used to there.
1: be. That's how I used to be. But November one, we put up our decorations. I decorated outside. We are a hundred percent. Oh, holiday. you have no
0: choice. Ashley is his their favorite holiday, so and and so
1: we are a November first family. I've gotten yeah. used to it over six years. I'm just I'm just happy to be here. I'm just yeah. here so I don't get fined as as Marshawn Lynch. Exactly. Is uh, all right, let's get into it. Deadpool three is happening, which I think we knew, but it's now nice to be confirmed because Disney's acquisition raised some questions. But it's going to have new writers, uh, a pair of twins, twin sisters, I believe, that did uh, that write for Bob's Burgers.
0: Yeah, I, I I thought there was already writers for Deadpool three. I guess it just wasn't happening the way the studio wanted.
1: Apparently it never started and they hired these new writers because Ryan Reynolds had a part of the writing process. And because Disney, you know, the good thing is Bob's Burgers is a great show. It's hilarious. And I have no doubt that this is going to be funny. The problem with Deadpool three under the Disney umbrella, what's the first thing Disney did with Deadpool when they acquired, they made that once upon a Deadpool, PG 13 version. And,
0: And I'll never, I don't think I'll ever say it.
1: No, me, neither, and they threw Fred Savage in there to get the laugh and the nostalgia going, but it didn't do anything for me to watch that movie ever. No, if and I any- have a
0: good no, no no I was just going to say if anything, it made me just not want to go back like I have the rated R version, I'm good,
1: but I just I, that that gives me not a lot of hope for three. like three is going to be one of two things. it's going to be PG thirteen, or it's going to be like over the top even more than two and then try too hard and not be funny because disney does these weird things these weird decisions these so while i trust the writing team i don't trust disney with this franchise and it's a little i'm a little scared like as long as they do a rated r version first that's but but when's the last time disney did a rated r movie they even made new mutants less horror-y, they made that pg-13 by the way i watched it Uh,
0: And I've been a lot of people saw and actually they were saying that they actually kind of liked it.
1: I'll hold off my uh, thoughts for a long time, maybe till January. Um, Be his pick of the week. (laughs) I can assure you it will never be. Unbelievable. It will never be my pick of the week. Uh, I I just have I have concerns about this studio and what they're going to do to this franchise. Listen, Ryan Reynolds in the role is always going to be a funny, fun watch, entertaining as hell. Uh, the body comedy is really funny. The, the, you know, the gags, the, the visual gags, just as funny as the actual written lines. I can see them going a route where they try to make him just as funny just without the, as much cursing. But Deadpool is just as much gore and violence as it is cursing that makes it that total package.
0: Uh, I, I, I was just I was just drifting in and I'm thinking, I'm like, well, I, I hear Disney, maybe if they make it PG-13, maybe more kids go and see it so they make more money. I, as a comic guy, you don't, you can't make Deadpool PG thirteen. That is an R rated character. I don't care if it's Disney or whoever it is. I, I, I it don't even make sense to me, justify to myself to go see a PG thirteen. If I'm, if I'm going to see a Deadpool movie, rated R, please. Anything else? No, thank you.
1: If Once Upon a Deadpool didn't happen, I'd have a lot more faith. Like I'd have
0: yeah, No, tr- no, dude, it, it's a good point. It, it, I understand why they did it to let kids see it because obviously kids want to see a superhero movie and obviously their parents can't let them see the Rated R version. I get it. It's just I, I, I won't watch it.
1: I would have my reservations. I would probably get it when it comes to Disney Plus or on Blu-ray or, or something like that. I'd probably pick it up. I, you know me. Like if, for me to go to a movie theater, it takes a lot. And that was before all this. Even so, if the
0: PG thirteen was for two bucks for Deadpool, I'm good. Like, I, I it doesn't just because you have Fred Savage isn't enough for me to to go see a PG thirteen. Nah, I'm, I'm good. The rated R version is is pretty good. I'm I'm fine.
1: Well, I think time will tell on this, and you know, for me, I don't think there is a movie that is coming out under the Marvel umbrella, Fox, the fo- fine the Fox umbrella, whatever the Marvel umbrella that I should say the Disney umbrella that needs its trailer more than this movie. Like this trailer has to knock it out of the park to get people.
0: I mean, I don't know. It's excited. That boy, you're going to have the people that are going to go see it no matter what. So I think at least that route, you're fine. It just, if you're going to do it, do the rated R version first, then in a month or two release the PG 13 movie. Why not? If,
1: if they make one, that's the problem.
0: Nah, if it'll get movie made, movie. It, it one and two made enough money. They're making the three.
1: No, no, a rated R version. Oh, three oh, oh,
0: if they don't make a rated R version at all, I, I, yeah. I mean, people, That's, I think will be very pissed, and I'll be—I don't know if I'll be pissed, but I'll be upset.
1: They, that is a fine line. Between pissed and upset, uh, oh, yeah, I don't want to. I'll walk that line. <laughs> I don't want to see you pissed, but I'll see you upset. Like I've seen you upset. You threw a coaster at my face, and it was a ceramic. You
0: coaster. know, I was upset. I felt but,
1: uh, but you weren't pissed. <laughs> if you were pissed, there'd be punches. <laughs> oh. Let's talk about Black Panther two. Uh, obviously, with the sudden and extremely heartfelt loss of Chadwick Boseman earlier this, uh, what feels like a decade now, twenty twenty. Um, Black Panther 2 is moving ahead. It's going to be made. And it's actually going to start a six month, reportedly start a six month shoot. Uh, In July 2021, they even cast a villain. But what are they going to do here with the main character now that there won't be any more T'Challa where do you think they're going to go for Black Panther 2?
0: And I think they're probably still on the fence. You know, I'm trying to think like Chadwick, I think he would want the character to continue on. I don't think he would want it to end with him because the character, it's, it's, it's bigger than just one person. And I don't think Marvel knows right now what they want to do. I mean, I, I, 50-50 that he gets recast or Shuri just kind of takes over that role.
1: That's where I think it's going to go. His sister makes sense. Shuri was good in the first one. Letitia, right. I think that we're there and I think we're going to see. Shuri. And, and you know, I, I don't want to sound woke and I don't want to sound like, you know, somebody who's just spitting. Th- but the fact that it's going to be an African-American, well, an African female uh, lead, you know, that is going to appease a lot of folks. So uh, I think that that. You know, to me, that that shit don't matter. She is yeah. a perfect fit for the role. The character is the one who should be moving forward. But like, it's a good opportunity to get another female-led Marvel movie, which I don't think they're ever going to say no to. So, that's where I think it'll go.
0: Yeah. It and again, the, the, the movie has to get made. The first one was a phenomenon. Phenomenon. It made over a billion dollars. And oh, it, yeah. whatever they do, you know, I think Marvel's going to approach it with respect. Respect and. They're not just going to you know, throw something at us, everything that they're going to do. I think it's going to be kind of you know, thought out and not just thrown together last minute.
1: I just didn't like the first one. I just didn't like the film. I thought the CG was whack and the story kind of lost me. I can see why it, people love it and adore it as much as they do. Of course I'm going to give Black Panther 2 a chance. Of course I am. It's a Marvel film. You know me. Um, so I I liked, I liked Captain Marvel the first time I saw it. I think it sucks now but I liked it the first time I saw it. So uh, I'm willing to give it a shot. I'm excited to see what direction they go in. Um, and I think Shuri is just the the obvious choice there. Uh, we are also getting a new Predator movie.
0: I I, I just hope they kind of go back like the way they did old school rather than kind of, I don't know.
1: But it's under the Disney umbrella. Are we going to get an R-rated Predator? Are we going to get a fucked up gory Predator? That's a big question with Disney. It's just crazy that we have to talk about that.
0: And a Predator movie, in my mind, that's a rated R movie.
1: There's no doubt. That's the only way it
0: could be. Because if I go see a Predator movie and I don't see blood, I'm upset.
1: He just hits him on the wrist and goes, stop it.
0: (laughs) You know know what I mean? Stop being a Predator. I mean, hey, I I think you you like the first one, Arnold, right?
1: Yeah, that's a classic, bad, good, awesome movie. Like, it's great. It's I mean, sick. him,
0: Carl Weathers, like, I, I truly think it's a good movie. I, I
1: forgot I, Carl Weathers was in it.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Cla- classic movie. If if they can make it like that, should he bring Arnold back? Like, I don't care. Bring Keep-
1: Carl back. He is. I, I you well, know, no, given I, no, the circumstances, no. I understand. I, I get it. I get it. But he's in the Disney universe right now. He's in the Mandalorian. He just directed an episode of the Mandalorian and crazier people have been brought back from worse circumstances than him.
0: I don't know. I kind
1: of liked his death scene. (laughs) I don't disagree, but you've seen some weird shit happen in movies where they're just like, yeah, this person survived. So like Carl Weathers, he could come back.
0: I mean, like you said, depending this, if it's a PG 13 out,
1: maybe he's just a force ghost in a Predator movie. And there's your crossover.
0: No, please. Frank, just, <laughs> just give me Arnold. I'll be good. <laughs> I, oh man. Or or like the. This uh, is like,
1: not an Arnold movie,
0: though. The Impachi, the guy that, that kind of fought him at the end with the machete. Yeah. Maybe his son grows up and wants revenge or something like that. Does man, it always like... have
1: to be the son, though? Like, we got <laughs> that with Creed. Like, does <laughs> it always have to be is. Sly's son and Arnold's son and and Harrison Ford's fictional son in the Indiana Jones, Christopher Skullman, whatever. Like, That's does twice it always removed. have to be the son? Can what it you- just be like another person that we can just grow to like no no
0: this will just be film? another reboot that was just rebooted a couple of years ago <laughs> so okay but <laughs> e- either way it's the same it's the same circle
1: yeah hey listen as long as the predator looks banging i'm cool and, and it has to have some gore has to have and some blood gore. please yeah Thank blood you. blood and cool effects which listen disney's got that money the effects should be no problem they should not have a yeah. with that Let's move into television where we have a couple of reviews. I'm going to, like I said, spoil the living shit out of Supernatural for Sam. Then we'll get into a Mandalorian discussion, and then we'll get into the rest of the stories. The first one is for the Animaniacs reboot, which is alive on Hulu now and will be the background for me tonight as I edit our episodes. Uh, I'm going to watch the Philadelphia Union playoff game on my DVR, and then I'm going to dive in to Animaniacs. So really psyched for this, especially based on this review. Animaniacs, per IGN, is a mostly witty and faithful update to an old favorite. Despite the march of time and a flashier coat of paint, the new series plays remarkably similar to its predecessor. Yakko, Wacko, and Dot's misadventures are still a hoot, and the pinky and the brain segments help add just enough variety to keep each episode humming along. Some fans may lament the loss of so many classic supporting characters, but the emphasis on the big guns has its clear benefits. Animaniacs is a concentrated blast of cartoon nostalgia that any Fox kid or kids WB veteran would do well to check out. Ado. That is correct. That's solid. That's what I like to hear. Listen. Any anime, I I fucking begin so many sentences with the word "listen," and I hate it. I listen back to it. I pick up on it, and I can't (laughs) stop myself. I can't stop myself. Any old school show that comes back with a fresh coat of paint and keeps the faith of the original, I'm all in for. We saw it with Ducktales. That's actually a pretty good reboot. We saw it with. We're seeing it now with Animaniacs. The the wrong way to do it is when Disney picked up Doug. That was awful. Oh
0: yeah. Oh my god. Talk about butchering a show. It
1: was unwatchable. It was unwatchable. And and I will say to an extent, and you may disagree with this, when Comedy Central picked up Futurama. Yeah, that that was it. I kind of think that the fo- after the fourth season, I maybe fifth. So I think you, you, well, you checked
0: out Futurama. You checked out Family Guy. I, I mean, hey, I, I wrote it to the end.
1: I watched I, all of Futurama. I watched every single episode.
0: No, I, I did. I, no, but no, but you didn't like it as much as.
1: Fuck no. There was one good new episode of Futurama and that was the iPhone one where it's the literal phone in someone's eye. It was really clever. Yeah, Family Guy, I haven't watched it. What are they on season like 20 now? probably at least uh i haven't watched it since season since the star wars trilogy that's the last like i think that was like season 10 7 somewhere along that it's been a decade since i've enjoyed family guy let's just put it that way shame um but with this i'm super excited i loved animaniacs as a kid and i heard good things about the song and i'm really psyched and all the original voice actors are back like rob paulson and all that like that's so i'm so psyched on
0: yeah that. rob paulson he was just on uh, nolan norris retro replay and they kind of did like you know an interview of kind of how it was getting back and doing, it. and like he said, it was a great time, just seeing his enthusiasm that's you know that, that's great to see, and I definitely can't wait to watch this.
1: All right, we got supernatural, the series finale Sam, I don't know when you're going to watch it, but I know you will eventually
0: what I've always what I've done with Supernatural for years, I just wait for the whole season to to come out and I buy it and I just binge it. I'm caught I watched the first, I watch what up to 14 seasons, so I just need season 15, knock on wood. I've avoided all spoilers so far, and hopefully I keep it that way until I can uh
1: binge it. Well, this is not the review for you, friend, because everyone's dead. Yeah, I'm sure. All right, here we go. This is the review for the series finale, completely spoiler-free. Finding a way. To close the book on any series, let alone one that has been on the air for 15 years, is anything but simple. However, the Supernatural series finale took its time. It gracefully balanced reference and nostalgia with a blank and endgame worthy of its legacy. 9.5. 9.0, Nine 0. but did you like how I edited the word blank? Yeah, I did. I did. I edited the shit out of that for you, homie. That I, was appreciate, for you. I appreciate it. I and appreciate you know what? It. And you know what? The blank wasn't even a spoiler. But just in case you've watched fourteen and the word, I haven't. So maybe it like triggers something. I just left it out and decided yeah, I, to I, walk away, friend.
0: Yeah, I, I have a feeling what it is because I I might have seen something on Twitter, but I don't know if it's you know I don't know what it is. Like there's no like there's no spoiler story what, what could have happened, but. Stay away. Don't. It's, it's just crazy. You know, 15 years, 15 seasons of Supernatural. I, I literally remember when it came on the first time right after Smallville when Smallville was still on the air.
1: And and what a hell of a ride. I gave up after season one, but that was kind of just because we had a baby and the baby wasn't sleeping anymore like it used to helena slept 16 hours a day so we could just chill we were both off of work no no we could I, I, chill and watch that's shit. when
0: you were banging out movies and shows left and right we were like dude. I got 15 pick of the week so i'm looking like i'm
1: struggling week for week do you remember oh my god i was in in january of 2019 through march of 20 i watched more shit than you could ever no, watch
0: know. dude like even right now i i have nothing i have nothing no picks of the week in the can like
1: I have one pick of the week in the can, but it's super obvious. I'm, I'm done all the rest of them. It's super obvious and I'm not, I just don't want to do the low hanging fruit. So I am legitimately trying well, to, when watch. all there is,
0: is low hanging fruit. You gotta pick that low. hanging fruit. I,
1: I, I am doing myself a favor and I am no matter what for every pick of the week, trying to watch play or do something new to talk about that I haven't ever done before. If I have to go to the low hanging, I have to, but even if I have to stay at late, stay up late one night to watch a movie or a show give it a shot, at least one episode, just so I can have something to talk about on here. I I do it for the love of the pot. Let's talk <laughs> about something new. Let's talk about something new. We have the Mandalorian chapter 12, episode four, or I want to say nine, 10, 11, 12, yeah. Episode four of season two, it was called the siege. We won't go super long into it tonight uh, as we really did that for the premiere we've kind of shortened our impressions and stuff like that just a short spoiler for rific actually we said we we're gonna spoil the fuck out of it spoiler horrific uh, conversation around this episode i personally thought it was almost just as good as last week's maybe better what did you think
0: i'm, I'm about the same boat as you I, I thought the episode was fantastic another episode written by john favreau this one directed by carl weathers and uh, you know, i'm sure you guys might have saw the rounds of the one shot that made it in of a guy in a pair of jeans, you kind of see half his body. I I missed it on the first go ahead. So shout out to the person who who caught it.
1: I'm assuming they've edited it out of Disney plus by now.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure now it's gone.
1: Just go on YouTube. You can see it everywhere, but like kind of funny though, here's the problem I have with Twitter and fans of things and like biases and stuff like that. If that happened in game of Thrones, people would eat it alive. And just shit all over it. Fuck, we did with the Starbucks Cup. And like that show kind of deserved it, but it just goes to show when a show is going bad and something like that happens, the negative energy around that show just feeds into that. But when you have a show like The Mandalorian, which is just so well received and generally so good, and these things just don't happen and it does, people kind of laugh it off. And I think that's kind of a double standard because it deserves to kind of get shit on. But at the same time, It's like, then did Game of Thrones really deserve all that hate or did it just, kind? it was a fucking Starbucks cup and I'm part of the problem. So like, it just kind of goes to show you the double standard when it comes to the quality of the show does influence the reaction of the, of the oopsies.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And, and, And another thing about, about this episode, man, these mechanics work fast.
1: They sure do. They are so good at their job. Hey, two people get on the fixing of the ship. One of them's not even good. And they're like, you got it. Could have been a one person job fixing an entire ship. And they got it done in 30 quick minutes. Like you're, uh, was that your gripe?
0: Um, no, I, I think the, the gripe is still the same thing with, with the, uh, the shooters, man. You the know, enemy. it's like,
1: there's no threat
0: there. Like, you know, there's this, uh, uh, at least kill the blue guy.
1: Here's I, I would agree with that. I, was that, is that Patton Oswalt? Who is that? Uh, Horatio Sanz. Horatio Sanz. That's right. Thank you. Uh, and it's cool that they brought him back from episode one, too, and they froze him in carbonite. Oh, when, when he first saw the Mandalorian
0: walking in, that was yeah. funny. I got a giggle out of that.
1: This episode did have a lot of that. Now, I agree with you. Like, the problem still to me is the pacing and the stakes. Like, this still feels to me like a Walking Dead season where it's just every, sh- every episode you get a little bit of this, a little bit of that. There's a little cliffhanger at the end. It's the one big thing. And then it kind of leads into the season finale. Like, it all just you just wait for the finale for the biggest stuff to happen. And then the kind of the rest of it just kind of gets you there. Where for me, I'm a fan of the journey, not just the, the, the place to get the destination. So I was looking for a little bit more. We are now officially halfway done the season. And we just got our first look at Moff Gideon at the end of this episode. Well, technically second. Well, the non holographic, like he was physical
0: body present.
1: He was finally in the show. And like, We're going to see Rosario Dawson in episode six. What is that? Ahsoka Tano, I believe. Um, she, I her character- was, I, think, I think it was
0: five, wasn't it? More people saying they they- Five, they, five, five. Yeah. It's this
1: next one. It's yeah, because basically-
0: it's directed by Filoni.
1: Right. And, and he also, created
0: her, so it makes perfect sense.
1: And not only that, that's going to be the whole episode. It's going to be dedicated to her. So like, how much is that going to push the plot forward? I know she's extremely crucial to the Black Saber and the plot of all of that, Dark Saber, whatever you want to call it. And so, I get all that. But- they're going to do a lot of building around her because not a lot of fans of Clone Wars and stuff like that really. I'm sorry, not a lot of casual fans watch Clone Wars and stuff and really know who she is. And they're not just going to put Rosario Dawson on the screen with no backstory, no little bit of just like info. And the episode's going to be what, 35 minutes or so? so yeah, I mean,
0: this episode was 37 minutes. So it's, you know, I, with I, I 11 think, minutes of credits. I mean, I think Ahsoka Tano deserves her own little, little episode here.
1: And now I don't disagree. That now leaves us three. So now we're down to just three episodes to fucking do all of these things that he needs to do. And oh, it's like, when are we going to get there?
0: You know, one thing I thought was interesting when, you know, when Dr. Pershing, when he kind of reveals that he's been transfusing the blood of the child, when you see those things, I was like, huh,
1: he kind of reminded me of, uh, what's his name? Snoke? Yeah. In the jar? Snoke in the jar for the yep. Emperor? Or yep. from Palpatine and, and-
0: just some some mutated form that is his m count was too high i guess that was a, a stab at or, or just like a reference to metachlorians yep
1: yeah
0: <laughs> So not I, oh. I mean that that was cool saying like you know he's such a tiny body i couldn't get all the blood so now it makes sense like okay they're gonna take eventually mando's probably going to to lose baby yoda
1: i uh i have to throw um shankar chidi out there uh For the MRC tag, I put something out there. So somebody did like every week the Mandalorian does like a poster and they do it after the episode airs with the main characters. And this somebody made a joke of it and they made the big Mandalorian poster, but they just made it the guy in the background, the hidden guy. Oh,
0: I I saw that. I did see that.
1: And so I wrote this was great. And Sean said on Twitter, this was uh, at the Nintendo, by the way. Well, it turns out that this show is about jeans, not just jeans like they've been setting up color me surprised because the guy's wearing jeans. So I wrote midichlorogenes, and he wrote, yes, very yeah. good. So I made a Star Wars fan laugh with a really bad joke, but uh, midichlorians definitely hinted at with the M count thing. That stuff's all intriguing. I've said it before. The baby Yoda, the child, whatever. That stuff is super interesting. Pedro Pascal as the Mandalorian. I can't ever remember his name. Also, incredibly fascinating. I love the show. I do not want to get that crossed. Yeah. I am just a little bit disappointed in the pacing, and the fucking lack of, like you said, stakes, and it just feels like more season one, where it's just episode one and two and three. I get it; they've done that because they named it chapter. It is literally uh, set up to be that way, based on the, the even the title structure. But I'm just looking for a little bit more story to get, like a little bit more to get us to where we need to go, and not just make it. All the last two episodes of boom, here you go. Here's the culmination of everything. I just like to play it out a little bit longer. So I love the show. By the way, it's still the most gorgeous show. And the sound effects, like you even said in the text, they're just phenomenal.
0: Yeah. And I was I was looking, I'm thinking about the scene. I was like the chase scene between the, the speeder bikes when he's shooting them down. T- uh, the TIE fighters come out. I mean, the special effects were fantastic.
1: They always are, yeah. And this one, we got Gina Carano back. We got Carl Weathers' character back. We got, uh, the, like you said, the Horatio Sands. I can't remember his name. The blue guy. We it's got miserable. all these. Yeah, we got all these characters back. What did you think of the reunion there? And is it just for one episode? Because, you know. I would like to
0: about? think they're going to come back. I, I think Mando's going to need all the help he can get. And it, it was just good to kind of see, like, the little gang kind of back together. I, I, you know, even the jokes at the end when uh, you had – uh. Uh, The Imperial officer comes back, you know, it wasn't Filoni, but it was this other guy talking to Carl Weathers. And, you know, he's kind of joking with him like, ah, I don't know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? Like they had some fun with it.
1: Yeah, it's it's funny. It's. Baby Yoda was eating macaroons, blue macaroons.
0: Supposedly, you could find they're on sale for fifty dollars.
1: Yeah, I saw that. Ridiculous. Twitter or something like that. Ridiculous. Um, We we've gotten a d. We got actually two DMs, one DM and one text from somebody who says, "Why do you hate the Mandalorian so much?" Specifically talking to me. And I know they're (laughs) I know they're joking. I know they're joking, but they're also half not joking because they wouldn't have said it if they if they didn't think it. And I just want to point it out, like it's so good, and it's a show that will be in my conversation or show of the year as it was last year. It was actually on my list last year. I don't want to downplay that. It just feels like way too much of a retread, and it feels like the structure of The Walking Dead, and I'm just looking for a I mean,
0: little and, and, bit and that's, more. And that's just great comparing it to The Walking Dead. I'm not going to take it that route.
1: I'm comparing the structure for the 900th time, not the show itself. The Walking know, but, Dead is the biggest piece of shit.
0: But again, even at least – Mando does shit. You're, you're meeting old, like old characters. You're meeting new characters that are, at least for me, interesting. The Walking Dead they kind of, kind of be like this lackluster. It's the same bullshit. I'm yeah, know. No, I, they, I,
1: they've never brought back old characters like Carol or Morgan or everybody else that comes back. Like, come on, <laughs> they. It's just the, hell, let's put it this way: the Mandal- the Mandalorian does what the Walking Dead wants to do right. That's how I think of it. It's like. The Walking Dead fails so hard at what it's trying to do where the Mandalorian does the same thing, but just right. It does it better. It does I it mean, well.
0: W- Walking Dead was fine until they got rid of Glenn and then they, after that, it just fucking went
1: down. I think it was bad when they were eating pudding, whatever they were eating cereal. I don't know. It man, was chocolate pudding. It was the chocolate in season four, man. That was yes, just so bad. Yes, let's sh- hey, let's set the scene. Girl, you sit there and eat your pudding. Michonne, you sit there and eat your pudding and what we're going to do is stare at each other. I'm fucking out. All right. Uh, anything else you wanted to talk about about this episode? I can't wait for Friday's episode. Yeah, the Ahsoka Tano episode. We're going to get it. I one love her, day, day. guys. Take I down. love Rosario Dawson. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. This to me was like I said, probably, probably my favorite of the season so far. I don't know. Three was just really, really good. So I'm, I'm up between those two. Probably three, four, one, two that's where I would probably go three, four, one, two, uh, so far, but let's move on to the last of us TV show. We've already talked about how it's been announced. So there's not really much more to say on this, except for the fact that HBO has greenlit it and it is happening. Druckman's in the writer's room. Uh, let's move, baby. Uh, I'm super excited for this. Now that we've played and beaten the last of us part two, And we'll have discussions about that later on this year in Nintendo episodes, whatever. My question to you is, how much do you want this show to stick to the source material or would you rather it be a completely separate story?
0: Well, first off, I already thought the show was greenlit. I guess that was me again, not reading in the finer details. Um, Second thing to answer, I I definitely want it to go on its own. I know what the game is. I know that story. I'd rather them kind of take this and I'm sure Neil's going to, let, you know, obviously let them kind of let them do their own thing. Take it a different route. Do something. I'll show us another side that we didn't see. You know, hey, if they want to make another sequel to the game and continue whatever storyline they're doing over there. Great. That's fine. Move the TV show. Give me something completely different. I'm all for it.
1: The way part two ends, I think it's going to be tough to make a part three unless you focus it on a different character, one that I don't really want to get into. But you play as in part two, they could focus it there. Um, There's
0: probably a couple of different things they could do if they re- if they really wanted to.
1: If they wanted to. We'll see if part three culminates. I mean, part two took seven years to make. So we'll see. The show itself, man, I wouldn't mind a season one retelling the Joel Ellie storyline from the first game. But then after that's been done and everybody's kind of gotten their fill and ready for more, if it does well. I then would love it to go into a completely different direction with season two, even with new characters, even an anthology where each season is a different person in the universe would be completely fine with me. And then I might not even need I might not even need a third game if that's the way they're going to go.
0: I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm perfectly content with the story ending it too and not getting another sequel. Just yeah. get on another Uncharted.
1: I'm good. See, season two or part two had about six endings before it actually ended. So,
0: you know. I mean, uh, it, it wasn't good. it wasn't as bad as the Return of the King, Lord of the Rings, but you know there was definitely some moments.
1: Robert England has joined Stranger Things four. I just think that's cool because now we're gonna get Freddy Krueger in Stranger the, Things,
0: the guy that haunted my nightmares and dreams since I was a kid,
1: but didn't I, kill you I, in them. Thank God you weren't his victim. You no, know,
0: I, I thought I thought he retired from acting, so I'm I'm good. This I'm happy to hear that he's actually still doing the damn thing.
1: Hey, Robert. Um, we are gonna put you in the most popular Netflix series of all time, <laughs> and we're gonna pay you for it. Do you want to come out of retirement? He couldn't get on a plane fast enough.
0: I, I can't wait. I'm actually. I just actually finished rewatching the first three seasons of Stranger Things. So
1: I thought I, you were gonna say I just got done rewatching Nightmare on Elm Street.
0: No, no, no. Just so I'm. I got back hyped up. You know, I'm ready for season four, and I I can't wait till they show us a little bit more
1: Stranger Things three was my pick of the year last year for my number one favorite show right right ahead of the boys so uh so like they we're one in one a so uh i am so psyched for four i am i am more psyched for four than i was for the boys season two and i say that in hindsight with the boys already being done yeah and I'll where's that up, butcher of you do. where's that butcher thing i, I dude, I'm, but-
0: st- I'm still waiting i was like damn are we gonna get this is it gonna be a christmas gift i mean at this point
1: I, I, maybe coronavirus has slowed that production, but man, tell us. Give us an update, please. Yeah. Uh, Black Lightning will end with season four. Is this good or a bad thing?
0: Um, I, I guess I could see it both ways from kind of where, they, where they're taking the storyline now. Like, I, I really do like Black Lightning. I really like the first three seasons. I, I really like season one. I think that might have been my favorite so far, but it, it's a great cast. It, it's. I'm glad that they kind of get to again go out on their own terms i think there was already discussions of a couple actors or actresses leaving the show like after this season no matter what so maybe that had something to do with it to end the show on season four um and then again there's a you know what ain't there a backdoor pilot in here
1: yeah so episode seven is going to be a backdoor pilot for what's his name painkiller thank you yeah you know we'll see if
0: that he's he's a good character the actor is really good i i think that that show could have potential but I, I kind of hope it doesn't get picked up. and Let's see let W do a, another show, whether whether it be a superhero show or not. like I, I think we're okay to, to let Painkiller go.
1: Do you know why I think that that pilot is damned from the start? Why do you say that? It's episode seven of season four. It's episode mm-hmm. seven. Do you know what other backdoor pilot was episode seven of another show?
0: Fear the Walking Dead?
1: Nope. And it never got picked up because of the incredible negative reception, Sam. You despise it. Uh backdoor pilot. Yeah. They experimented with something. I know, they were Superna- gonna make sp- I know
0: Supernatural did, but nope. they didn't do it never. They were gonna early. make
1: a spin-off, but they never did. Because of how poorly this episode was re- was uh, rejected. Well, it's not i I'm not it's not a bell. Stranger Things 2. Oh, that's right, that's right. I, I should have said that. They mm-hmm. tried the pilot of that backdoor pilot of that those other girls and the other, like, those other teens were
0: and it was the worst received episode to date.
1: It was the worst received episode of the series. And after so.
0: rewatching it, it's still the worst episode of the show.
1: It is the worst episode of the show. I don't hate it as much as everybody else, just because it's still Stranger Things. It's still better than a lot of other things, but it is it is the worst. Like it's objectively the worst of that series. Yep. Uh, so let's move on. Season ten of The Walking Dead, <laughs> the worst show on television currently, will resume two twenty eight. So we're gonna have to wait till February to get our final episodes of ten. Coronavirus shut it down mid season, uh, so that's coming back. By the way, Grey's Anatomy came back. Not news. My wife watches it. They've already done two coronavirus episodes, uh, and it's back now already. So like that just tells you that twenty twenty is fucking six decades long. That it's been around long enough for Grey's Anatomy to make episodes about it. While yeah, it's still happening,
0: and they're on season twenty-seven.
1: <laughs> yeah, I
0: think they're actually on seventeen. You're not far off.
1: Crazy. Uh, the Walking Dead again, resuming two twenty-eight. Now, I still,
0: got, I still got to see the finale. I still didn't watch that.
1: That was going to be my question: Is what yeah, did you think of
0: the finale? i, I you psyched? I didn't see it. I think it was an hour or two hours. I, so, can you
1: give up now? Are you officially out?
0: I mean, I, I'm not officially out, but if I stumble upon it, I I will. I would like to see it.
1: You know how hard it is to stumble on a TV show that you literally have to turn on.
0: Yeah, it's sometimes and we have digital it's, it's cable. Sometimes it's easier than you think. I'm like, oh, AMC Walking Dead. <laughs>
1: we, what do I have get here? We have digital cable now. Like you don't have to scroll up the channels. You can just hit the guide button, and fit. you can talk into your remote and just like ask for, hey, uh, don't play The Walking Dead, and it'll go to every channel but AMC. Uh, let's see. Last story in movies, before, or, I'm sorry, TV. Before Sam takes over in gaming, the Chappelle show has been removed from Netflix, but with a caveat. It was at Dave Chappelle's request because he was mad at the contract that he signed.
0: Yeah. So, all, well, not even with Netflix. This is all them years ago that he signed when he first got, you know, when I guess when he was broke, when the show first got started. He signed a deal because you know he he explains this. If you go follow him on on IG, I think I think it's just Dave Chappelle. His recent post, I think it's like an 18 minute like a like a stand up set, and he kind of explains this whole story of how it came to this. And and he's like, if you if you really like me, if you'd ever liked me anything, I was in movies, stand up, whatever. Please do not watch the Chappelle show on anything. He's like, I I I'm, I've never got paid for it. Um, people think I got rich off the show. That wasn't the case. I, you know, watching this, like, I feel like I'm getting jipped off every single time. So I, I think after this and a lot of comedians, a lot of actors I've been seeing, like, vocally, like, supporting him. So I won't be surprised if he does get a big payout so other companies can do his show. And and I got to give huge kudos to Netflix. Yep They, they just said, because he said, guys, it, this makes me sad. And he, their contract for him and Netflix is just his comedy stuff. They literally took it off, even though millions of people watch the show, have all these ratings. He, they just did it as a, a kind gesture to Dave. So, I mean, I think Netflix probably has a customer for life in me. They do some move like that. That's just something you can just, you know, it's just respectable. And hopefully Dave does get paid because I think he does deserve it for all the work he did on the spell show
1: if there is one streaming giant in the world that when you take, when they take a piece of content off the person who holds the rights to that is going to take notice it's Netflix. And you know, I think this could open the Pandora's box of, well, you did it for Dave, do it for me. And that could be a slippery slope, but I appreciate Netflix saying, fuck that. Like this is Dave Chappelle. Hopefully this is a one-off. Other people understand that. Maybe not a lot of people signed a similar deal to him because it was all those years ago before streaming was even around, like you had mentioned. Yeah. And this was a sign of good faith from Netflix to say, yeah. even though, like you said, huge moneymaker for that service, and quite frankly, any service that would land a show like that. I think HBO Max is also uh, has it on their service. I'm not 100% on that. But regardless, for them to take that off, that's basically to saying to the r- people who hold the rights to it, they're saying to them, pay the man. If you rewrite the contract and give him a cut, we'll put it back on. That money is more than no money. And I, oh. and I think that that's their plea to them of your move. And I love the ballsiness of that. Even though it sucks for the viewer, it's a potential long-term gain for everyone.
0: Dude, Dave Chappelle's a gangster. I mean, that's just, just straight-up gangster move right there. And sure. it, it's – how do you even put a price on it? You know, what, you know, what if Dave has a number in his head? What do you pay? Like is 20 million. Is it 50 million? Is it a hundred million? You know, does he, does he go back on? He wants interest. Like
1: uh, that would be called a royalty, but it's uh it's $1, Bob. That's what it is. It's $1.
0: Well, when he, when he, when they eventually sign it, you watch, it'll probably be, I'd say a hundred million dollars. I, I think that's probably fair.
1: I don't. No, but I'm glad I am not a lawyer and don't have to sit at that table. Oh, hell no. (laughs) That is way above my pay grade, and I'm happy to say it.
0: I'll take over in gaming. Like you said, we both got to play it. Let's hear your impressions on Ghost of Tsushima.
1: No, Sam. Let's start with yours. No, no, no. Let's start with yours. I am so curious as to to think of uh, uh, what did you think of Ghost of Tsushima? You're playing it on the PlayStation 5, I'd assume. Yes, yes, sir. So yours is going to look better than mine. It's going to run better than mine. It's going to have less loading times. Even though, quite frankly, on the PS4, the loading times are great, uh, especially for how big of a world it is. What do you think of Ghost of Tsushima?
0: So far, it's it's a very different game than what what I'm used to. Um, the the game is absolutely beautiful. I, I picked the English version in the beginning, and then my plan was, if I really love it and beat it, I want to do it again in Japanese. I just feel like that would just be another way to. Appreciate all the little touches that they, that they've done in this game. I absolutely love the wind. That the, wind followed, the, the wind is oh one of the best god. mechanics. Oh my god! That's honestly, so smart. I I didn't think I was gonna like it. I honestly didn't think I was gonna like the, the whole wind thing. It might might have been stupid. No. And it, it, there are times where I, 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 think I'm running. I don't know if I'm going the right way, and it's like, oh nope, I'm perfect. I'm right at the next spot. It's like, huh, this 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 wind, it's it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I still got, I'm still getting used to all the the stances and fighting styles, and getting that parry off at the right time. You know, breaking their shield. Like I just have to get that down. But the game's been challenging for me. I, I know we talked a smidge before we started recording, but I think we went a little bit different route because I know I already burned down some kind of warlords camp. I think I got like three hours, three and a half hours in. But again, a lot of me was me just kind of, you know, experimenting, looking around the scenery. I had one little glitch on a rock that I died on, which I was a little bit pissed, but it wasn't not big of a deal. But the the game is beautiful so far. I'm really enjoying the game and and everyone's praise and positive reviews. I have definitely been it's worth it.
1: The glitches that I've encountered are hilarious. I'll only say two. One of them I'm in a little village town thing and I'm looking for somebody and I find a peasant who has been stabbed and I go up to him and I'm trying to get him to tell me stuff and he bleeds out and dies and uh, his head went through the ground. So he looks like a person who put their head in the sand. Oh geez. The whole rest of the body is above ground, but the head is underneath and he glitched through the ground. It's so funny. So I took a photo mode of that one and the other one I'm riding my horse and I am going to do the mission and I pass through a village, which is Mongol territory. So I get out to kill all the Mongols. So I go up and I decide to sneak it. And I go up the back way and I'm shooting arrows at, at um, barrels to explode and yeah. kill them. But when I'm shooting them, there's nobody there. And I'm like, what the hell? So I go down into the thing and one okay. of the enemies is already crawling for his life, dead, that I have to kill and i'm already like uh excuse me uh you're dead i didn't touch you that's number one number two i see life bars for enemies going down and down and down and i'm like what the fuck is going on and i go around the corner and they're all battling nobody and dying they're in motion fighting but oh not wow against me. not against me against some random force so i was like that is a ghost the ghost of tsushima is literally in the game killing things for me is it my horse Sure isn't. Is it just... so I didn't even have to lift a finger. I killed the leader of a, of a village, got the upgrade for it and killed everybody in the village. I I shot two arrows, missed the targets. It was the weirdest glitch, man. So like the game beat itself for me, which was really cool for that one little mission. But yeah, you you went left. I went right. They give you two missions to start. So it's actually cool because we have two different gameplay experiences. You're going after a brother. I'm going after a a sensei at a dojo at the top of a mountain where then have to find his student. So it's really, really.
0: Wait, I, unless I did that, I, I did find a student. So maybe I just did that first, and I just maybe a little bit ahead of you.
1: You're a little. I'm only about two to two and a
0: half. Okay, so yeah, so yeah, okay, so maybe we did go the same route. Just I just I, once you said the student, I was like, oh yeah, I forgot we did go. To, Tomicho, Tomio. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. So right.
1: we've done. So I have not found her yet. There is an old woman that I had to go find, uh, yep, and I'm yep, current. Right. I'm currently with her. She took me to a grave and then I got free armor and that's where I stopped. So that's where I'm at. Um, so you're a little bit ahead of me. So it, it is, like you said, gorgeous. The mechanic you're referring to, for those that don't know, is um, the wind is what takes you places. There's not an obnoxious hub on the screen that tells you where you're at and stuff like that. In the top left corner, it tells you how far away you are from your target. But if you ever want to see where to go, you just take the control pad, the touch pad in the middle of the PS4 controller, and you just run your thumb up and then the wind will come and point you in the direction where you need to go. One of the most brilliant wayfinding mechanics, if not the most, I've ever seen in a game.
0: Yeah, I, I've never experienced anything like this. I, I truly, I, I thought it was going to be shit. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I didn't think I was going to like it. But again, I, I was very pleasantly surprised. I, again, I, I just got to get used to the fighting style. That, that's it. I'm, I, I love the um, the standoffs. They're awesome. You know, like the part now I'm at where they can like fake it. So if if you let go of it too early, you miss and they hit you. So it's adding like a nice little touch that I wasn't expecting.
1: Yeah, that's going to be cool.
0: Yeah. so that's cool. definitely coming up so just again just be careful they're gonna they're gonna juke you two, you know sometimes one guy did it like three times and I was like you you sneaky devil
1: <laughs> cool that i'm I'm psyched to get to that part and it's it's a game where there's so much to do and it's such a big world that you kind of feel overwhelmed at times and you kind of oh, feel I'm, I'm, I'm
0: I'm like anxiety ridden I don't know if I'm going the right way there's there's too much going on I feel like even after i play for like an hour i'm like all right i need to take a break because i like you said there's so much it's like okay you can go over here go kill this guy go find this guy look for the daughter go train it's there's a lot going
1: on here's what i do in these type of games to help with my anxiety because quite frankly it's what it is it's anxiety i feel anxious playing these types of games and i learned a lot from breath of the wild on this but breath of the wild doesn't have as many side missions they kind of have Here's a side mission. Go do it. And then here's other ones. There's other collectibles and shrines and stuff. But this game, everybody's giving you shit to do. And you could have 10 missions at one time. So what I like to do is I get the st- I, I'll get i get the main story mission. And I'll concentrate on that. Excuse me. But before I start it, I always clear out my side quests. Always. So I'll concentrate on a main story mission when I'm on it. I'll never go off of that path and get like, "Oh squirrel, oh, sidetracked, and then go do a side mission during a main mission, but any side missions I get during a main mission, I put off to the side, I finish that one mission, and then before I start the next one, I just go explore and do all the side missions and clean it up that's that's helped me in the way I play these games
0: and and, and that's a smart move, just so you like you said, you don't overwhelm yourself, you want kind of one step at a time smart move.
1: Okay. Combat eight out of ten, looks ten out of ten, some really funny glitches, but I'm more than happy to get past that. That's easy. The story, the opening scenes. Oh my god. Oh my it, god.
0: Abs- absolutely beautiful. I probably would agree with you. I, I might even put the, the fighting right now, at least for me at a seven five. It's it's just not what I'm used to. As maybe as fluid or as fast, and it's kind of slower. They're like mm-hmm. extremely like almost like, like to me, it's like a slow mo fighting. Mm-hmm. But you know, I I'm used to dynasty warriors. Give me a break.
1: Uh, it is, it's a, it's kind of what I was looking for now. I am a a bigger fan of linear style games. I just like going from point A to point B like a last of us, like a platformer, like a, here's my starting point. Here's my, my goal. And that's what I go do. If I go off a beaten path, that's fine, but I never have more than one thing to do. That's how I prefer to play a game. Uh, With an open world game like this, you really have to rein yourself in and you really have to spend time in every single little town. And it's the type of game where if you don't play it for a week and you go back to it, it can be very difficult to pick back up and just dive right back in because you might forget where you're at. You might forget where you're going. You might forget the story. So it's a game that almost forces you to continue to play it. I play it in like 30-minute chunks. I'll do a thing. I'll do a thing. I'll stop.
0: Um, Yeah, that's kind of like my goal is try to get at least an hour a day. Just again, so I kind of – I don't lose my techniques of fighting. I kind of know how to dodge and do that. Like I feel like that's just enough way for me. Just slowly crawl through this story because I know there's a long story in this game.
1: Yeah, the, the I think my biggest problem is I picked up squadrons at the same time, and so. I'm playing both of them and I gotta make that decision of which one do I wanna play. And Squadrons is so short that I keep telling myself, just get through that and then you'll be able to dedicate all of it to Tsushima. But then on December 10th, Cyberpunk's coming
0: out. And so- you got that. I got pre-ordered Devil May Cry for on December 1st, a physical copy comes out. And I don't think I'm gonna put that in until Ghost is beaten. I don't I don't like to to play that game of playing two, three games at once. I, I like to focus on one, get it done, move on to the next.
1: And and so am I. Like I really want to beat Ghost before, but I also don't want to rush it. But I also want to get at least a little bit of Cyberpunk in before our Game of the Year awards, just so I can give it a shot. And so I, I just don't know. Now, for our top three list at the end of the year, without kind of giving spoilers away of where it could fall, is it in the Is it in the conversation based on your limited time with it?
0: I mean, I think as of right now, yes, I would say it's definitely in the conversation for top three.
1: Cool. All right. Uh, It's worth it. Go pick it up. It's only 40 bucks right now. Pretty much anywhere you can get it. If you are listening to this episode the day of or after, I'm assuming it'll run through till Cyber Monday as well, the sales. So 40 bucks for this game is a steal uh, based on our combined six hours of game with it. Go pick it up. I read that the main story alone on howtobeat.com, or how long to beat.com is about 21 to 22 hours all in your uh, around with side missions and stuff. You're in the forties. That's digestible. That's still 35 hours less than I spent. I mean, I'll still throw up, but yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> um, it's, you know, that's the same as a, as the first time I played Pokemon sword and shield it took me 24 hours. So if I think about it that way, I can beat ghost in the same time I can beat Pokemon. I think I can do that. And last of us took 30. So like, I think we can do this. We can do it. it oh, we got depend- this. Piece of it game. just depends on how many side missions. My experience could be completely different than yours based on how many side missions we do.
0: No, that, that, that's true. I, 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 my focus is dual. I'm not going to try to do every single side mission. You know, one or two, three. You know, in my hour, like you said, maybe just one. But I really want to, for at least this first playthrough. I just want to beat this main one, and then I can go back and then get the full black and white in Japanese.
1: The last thing I'll say on it, and I, it'll be quick, is you're right. And when it comes to the side missions, as much as I just said, I'll clear out all my side missions. That's the ones I want to do. Let me clarify. The yeah. ones that look gotcha. interesting. Gotcha. Not every one of them because that would kill yeah, yeah, me. Yeah,
0: like like the Spider-Man. You weren't into the Prowler side missions, which I don't blame you. They were the, the worst ones. That was right. like if, even for the Peter Parker Spider-Man. I hated doing the YouTube chick one. To exactly. me, that was the worst one in that game.
1: And thank goodness they weren't in Miles Morales, but- um, Oh my God. The the advantage that that style of game has over, let's say like an, R, like an RPG is the side missions don't give me experience points where I become better, stronger, faster. I might get supplies and that leads to better equipment and stuff like that, but I'm in no means do I level up or do I, I don't feel that pressure of being under leveled. So the side missions are clearly based on, do I wanna do them and is the reward worth it Versus you kind of have to do it to grind to be good enough, which I hate that idea. That's why I don't love RPGs in that facet. So that is an advantage this game has are the side missions are totally like, yeah, if you want to do it, go for it.
0: Doom Eternal for switch will not be getting a physical release.
1: I get it. Coronavirus. And anytime switch puts out a big giant game on a cartridge, it comes with a digital download anyway, because it can all fit on a cartridge. So I get that. Plus, Nintendo is just gangbuster selling uh, digital copies of things right now, and that just tells me the biggest thing this tells me is that the game is so big, and the Switch only comes with 32 gigs of internal storage uh, that you're going to take up a lot of room on your inter- uh, your memory cards. I have 128 gigs; it's probably going to take up 70 of it. At least, uh, you know, they'd rather not do that on a cartridge; just do it all in the digital store, download it. But it's fine; it's still going to sell fine it it won't do the numbers it would physical because of those moms and dads that go in to buy it for you know whatever holiday or birthday or whatever like that you have to know it's out and you have to go to the e shop so that'll hurt its sales a little bit but just the fact that a game like doom eternal which came out in 2020 for Xbox 1 and PS4 can even run on the switch uh not only tells me that's a good thing for the switch but it might hint at that switch pro we keep talking about
0: copies of cyberpunk 2077 are in the wild and spoilers are being leaked
1: so just like be wary on social media if you see anything about it just scroll because it ruined it ruined the last of us part two because people knew about it already the big thing that happened it got people very mad now it didn't overly affect the sales because it's one of the best-selling playstation exclusives of all time if not the best and we got lucky we didn't get spoiled with it I, i mean like i saw uh I saw we, we, we
0: assumed something was going to happen.
1: I, I had called it um just because it's the it's the logical thing. And I saw on somebody's twitter like on Neil Druckmann's Twitter, somebody commented something happening, but it was the wrong instrument. So I was like, God damn it. But then when it happened with the other type of instrument, I said, Okay, cool. Then I actually didn't get it spoiled for me. So that was nice. But uh just stay away from spoilers. Be careful of comment sections. People are assholes in comment sections, oh, especially on YouTube and stuff.
0: All comment section. Never just, just go in.
1: Do, do your best. And this game apparently is taking people over a hundred hours. So like if you get something spoiled that would take you a hundred hours to get through and you get to hour 85 and it gets spoiled, how butthurt hurt would you be? I'd be pissed too. So just be very, very wary my friends.
0: Mortal Kombat 11 is getting an amazing character skin back.
1: It's available now for Mortal Kombat Ultimate. Johnny Cage, Sonya Blade, and Raiden are getting their 1995 movie costumes. Oh, that's great. Oh, by the way, the original voice actors came back and have done the voices for Mortal Kombat 11.
0: Now that's that's how you do some DLC right there.
1: And it's free for the people that have ultimate and it's like three bucks or something for the people that
0: don't worth it. it. Even if it was five bucks worth it.
1: We're talking like the raiden Who's like ha, 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 Johnny like that guy. I don't even remember his name. Dude,
0: that that's hilarious.
1: <laughs> I'm trying to pull it up real quick. Cause I loved the woman who played Sonya blade in that movie.
0: Oh, she was uh, fantastic.
1: Yeah. She was in uh, Billy Madison. She was Veronica Vaughn. So it is uh Bridget Wilson, I think. Uh, Bridget Wilson. Yeah. So she's back to do the voice of Sonya blade. It's, it's just all good things. Um, Veronica Vaughn so hot. Want to, never mind. I won't finish the line. We're, <laughs> we're, we're an R rated podcast, but I won't go there. Uh, so yeah, really cool DLC. Uh, let's pick it up here in music. We got three reviews, two of them. I'm going to go through quickly. One of them is a combo review with you. Let's start with that one. That's where our top three is going to lie tonight. Our top three favorite tracks off the record with a caveat. We'll get to that in a minute. What do you think of Barings' sophomore record, Hello, It's You?
0: I mean, I don't know if, if a sophomore record can get any better than this, to be honest with you.
1: Wow. He said it's my number one. It's not even close.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I didn't say that, but I said I, when I listen to a, a CD all the way through and I don't skip a track or feel the need to skip a track, Every, every song was short and sweet. The album was 30 minutes, not ten, even ten, 10, songs with 29 minutes, 28 minutes,
1: twenty nine thirty six. So
0: I, I, again, you know, of course we would like more music, but everything going on right now. Hey, give me, give us 10 new songs from bearings. I'm all for it.
1: Yeah. And, uh, so bearings dropped so damn wrong. And I feel it all back in like February. Of yeah. It was like a little
0: two song, little
1: special. Because So Damn Wrong was the first song I actually ever heard by them. That's what got me super interested in them. So like we've heard a couple songs in this record, literally 20% of this record we've heard for almost a year. Uh, Then they casually dropped um, Sway, Super Deluxe and Dreams. So by the time this record hit, we had heard half of it. Uh, We did not hear five songs. So for me, I, own, I went through the five new ones first. I actually didn't listen to it all the way through. So I went through and I listened to Better Yesterday, then I listened to Lovely Lovely, uh, Love Me Like You Did, Over Now, and then Transient Colors. So that's how I decided to consume this. Then I went back and listened to it again all the way through to hear the flow, this, that, the other. And I'll agree with you where it's a, it's a phenomenal follow-up. Um, to me, Blue in the Dark, hands down, is a better record. Uh, Hands down to me, but that's not to take anything away from this record because it is as close to a ten out of ten
0: as it gets. My opinion on that is, I guess it just depends what I'm feeling that day. You know, two two records to me, it's two little different vibes. It's whatever I'm kind of feeling. I I listened to this record working out. You know, to even say that you can even listen to this record working out. You know, it's not really like a you know like a heavy song or anything like that, but it's something that it just put me in a good mood and good vibes.
1: I listen to it, putting up Christmas decorations. <laughs> so oh, there, you go. there you go. It gets you through a lot of different times in a lot of different ways. Uh, our top three is going to be top three favorite songs off the record, but with the caveat that it cannot be so damn wrong or I feel at all simply because they came out in February and we kind of feel like it's unfair. We've, we've had them around. We,
0: know the- we already love both of them songs. So I felt like that was just like the cheap one.
1: And we heard them live at least one of them. Uh, so sway, super deluxe and dreams are in the discussion albeit they were the singles and came out that's just the normal flow of a record bands will yeah. put out a couple singles beforehand um so while i think blue in the dark is a 10 out of 10 record and was better they are two different records it's not like they went out and said let's make blue in the dark part two we're gonna make it our thing and, and kind of how our music has evolved and i give them all the credit for that oh my god dougie, dougie sounds good ryan's shredding on guitar colin all the, the whole it's a great record Um, to get you through whatever you're going through message for everybody. I think it's phenomenal. Uh, Was there anything about the record that was like, maybe could have, you know, an area of opportunity or something you maybe wanted a little bit more from.
0: The only thing I I could say is this, you know, some bonus songs, you know, sometimes CDs, they give you that deluxe version that, that, that would be the only extra that I really could, could ask for.
1: Yeah. My only not, it's not even a gripe, but I, I kind of already hinted at it when you get not even a half hours worth of music. So we're talking 10 songs, 29 minutes, And 20% of that record has been out for almost a year. I kind of wish, like you said, for maybe just a, I know that they left some songs in the cutting room floor. No band goes in with 10 songs and says, this is, these are the 10 we're going with. There are other bearing songs out there that we haven't seen. So, maybe I'm asking for a deluxe version in 2021 with some bonus tracks or a B sides record would be awesome to hear what did get left off on the cutting room floor. So I'd love that because to hear eight new songs and it's over almost before it started in like 2022 20, minutes from those eight songs, I'm just like, shit, that was not even a half hour. Like I could listen to this three times and it's, you know, it's the same as a movie. So I, I kind of just want, and that's a good problem to have when you want more of something. Oh, God, that's, yeah. That's a good problem to have. So without further ado, let's get into our top three favorite tracks off Hello, It's You. My number three is Dreams. I, I, don't, I don't think I can agree.
0: <laughs> no, I already know that that song's not for you. I, yeah. I 100% know it's not. Maybe I'll,
1: it'll grow on me over time. Maybe it will. It's number very eight, possible.
0: On the on the record. But, you know, again, the first time I, I listened to this song, I, it, I wasn't feeling it. But, you know, like me, sometimes the, the first listen for me, that's from any band. I, I sometimes don't like it, but I, I did a full 180 on Dreams, a super short song, two minutes and eight seconds. It, it's definitely, a di- it's a completely different vibe for Bearings. It, I definitely was getting May, May vibes, and I, I, it grew on me, and, and I think it's actually a beautiful song. Is it a big vibe? <laughs> hey.
1: Seaway, <laughs> they find their way into this podcast more than they, than they have before. Should uh, My number three is Over Now. Uh, it is track seven, the one right before dreams. Um, uh, like you, the first time I heard it, I said, that's a good song. The second time I heard it, I said that's a great song. And then the third time I heard it through, I said, this is something that I'm going to get stuck in my head for a long, long time. And I'm happy to say that it did. It's a really good tune.
0: My number two is super deluxe.
1: Wow. You're going heavy on the singles yeah I, I i if sway is your number one we got it we're gonna have words no we're no words.
0: sway is not on the list okay but super deluxe it, it's i thought it was a different vocal track for doug and i it was again it was different shorter track i think it was two minutes 50 seconds and it was one of the things where i just love that the flow that whole song from beginning to end just yeah. i thought that was a perfect number three track
1: let's let's get this out there every song on this record is a shorter track it's not even a 30 minute record Sure. And that with 10 songs that averages less than three minutes a song. So let's just, let's just get that out there. Um, sway is actually my favorite of the three singles. And I don't know if it's close of the three new singles. So damn wrong is my favorite, uh, bearing song of all time. So if that qualified for the list, it would be my number one. My number two is transient colors. Uh, it, I think when you talk about perfect enders, uh, like, and I mean, perfect enders, it doesn't get better than transient colors. There was only one song on this record again, outside of so damn wrong that did it more for me. But the fact that this song not only hit so hard, but was the ender and was the thing that you most think about when you're done. it's the last thing you listen to the thing that sticks with you, the thing I just want to make it repeat again, transient colors is that perfect. song.
0: my number one was better yesterday.
1: Ooh, the opener. There you go.
0: What a perfect way to start the record. Just kind of put me in that vibe, put me in that mindset. And again, I, I, I love the band. I love the sound. I love Doug's voice. And this is a strong sophomore record for bearings.
1: Uh, Better yesterday would have been my number four. Um if if we had a number four, maybe Sway actually would have been my number four, but better yesterday, like you said, it's a it's, it is a great way to start the record. So Sam has a perfect opening to the record. I have the perfect closing to a record, and it's only ten tracks. Could you get any better? This is a, definitely a candidate for record of the year uh, for for both of us. I would imagine it will may find its way into our top threes. My number one was Love Me Like You Did, and I think you knew that was coming.
0: Yep, hundred percent. I, Honestly, I, I, that could have been. That in dreams could have been rotated between three, but I was like, you know what? I think I had a strong feeling that was you. I was like, I'll leave it off the list.
1: Love me like you did was the song I texted you at six o'clock in the morning saying the one that hit me the hardest. Yeah. So uh you know I'm all for the good, like the the one that got away song. Like I'm all for that type of type of track and like the words no one's going to love me like you did while we've heard that in like movies and television and just common phrase i hadn't heard it in a song yet so it's like and especially like the premise of the song um so it's a happy sad track i think it's a great song in the middle of the record after a song like lovely lovely to like pick you back up lovely lovely happy little acoustic track that kind of picks up after a minute or so It's a good one that goes into – so actually all three of mine are in the second half of the record, track six, seven, and ten. So uh, I just think what a way to close a record when you have all three of my favorites hitting hard at the end. And oh, by the way, So Damn Wrong uh, is track, I think, four. So we're talking about just all the way through. It just hits you hard. It never lets go except for me for Dreams, track number eight. But I digress. Um, Agreed. Like I said, amazing record, and I have a sneaky suspicion it will uh, find its way into a discussion for us at the end of the year. Oh, I'm sure it'll be there. Uh, for me, uh, we have. I'm going to do – I've done this before, and I'm going to do it again, where I take two records and kind of talk about them together, and I do two reviews in one. Um, and for me, this is because I-, I feel like both of these records didn't hit. and. I normally, when I talk about a review, want to do, I talk about it cause I liked it. If it's going to be a music review, it's ten, it tends to be a positive one because if we reviewed every album, we would be a music only podcast and we'd have basically only that to talk about every week. But our good friends over at big picture media sent us these records and said, Hey, we'd love you to, to review them on the pod. And of course, when our friends come and knock I'm going to open the door. So, uh, we had asked to, re- uh, review a, the new record from sea Haven. And the new record from Like Moths to Flames, both bands I've listened to before, heard of before, and was more than happy to uh, to talk about it. So with moths uh, with Like Moths to Flames, definitely a harder, harder band. A band we don't necessarily kind of a genre we don't talk about a ton uh, on this on this kind of on this podcast. But I love that that genre. Like the first hardcore band I ever listened to was Poison the Well. God damn, I love Poison the Well. Uh, now, Like Moth, The Flames, No Eternity in Gold is their latest record. It came out uh, October 30th, so uh, around Halloween. 11 songs, 38 minutes and 3 seconds. And uh, boy, howdy, is it explicit. <laughs> I'm just going to get that out there right now. So if you like explicit hardcore music, this one's for you. Sea Haven, however, came out with Halo of Hurt. And I'm going to spend a little bit more time on this record because it was – <sighs> A little bit of a disappointment to me. Sea Haven, um, not to be confused with Seaway, by the way, another record we had reviewed recently. November 20th, the record came out. So, same day as Bearings. Nine songs. So, not, not a full length, 10 song or more record. Nine songs, still considered a full length LP. 40 minutes and 22 seconds. So, they definitely get your money's worth out of nine songs here. Here's what I'll say about this record not what I was expecting. And that doesn't mean it's bad here's what i get and i'm gonna try and sum this up the best way i can it's a poor man's brand new daisy you remember that record i i do the fox like that to me is where brand new started to change for the worse um i won't quite say it's science fiction brand new i'll and I love a lot of things that Daisy brings to the table, but the songs that missed for me on Daisy really missed. And I feel like that's what this record was. I was looking for the track like vices on Daisy hits you in the face right away. You get addicted to it and you could listen to it a hundred times over. I was looking for that kind of blue in the dark, if you will, that that light at the end of the tunnel to get me hooked on this record to go back to at least one song. And I just couldn't find it. And that's no disrespect to the band. I just, I was looking for more than just a poor man's brand new right now. And again, that's not to take away from the talent, from the individuals, from the guys in the band. It just wasn't a, a record that hit for me. And I'm I'm just gonna be honest.
0: Your cup you know? of tea, that's all you mean. Hey, you can't like
1: everything. I, I and I don't even try to. If it's Nintendo, I might, but you never know. Uh so Halo of Hurt, if you like that style, I have to recommend it and say go give it a shot. The slow, melodic uh it's got a lot of purpose especially in the lyrics go for it and that might be your thing I think of like the new elder brother record too and I say okay maybe it missed for me it wasn't what I was expecting Uh, I think elder brother is what brand new could have been if they had done it right their newest record kind of missed for me as well I think it's the same kind of thing of you're looking for that melodic really experimental really um what's the word I'm looking for? They take chances, the risky record, go for it. Sea Haven, Halo of Hurt, but quick back to, uh, like moths to flames. When it comes to no eternity in gold, uh, there was a standout track for me on that one. And that was burning water, Drown in flame. I have to give that a hundred times heads up. And like you said, with bearings, that's your workout music to me, like moths to flames, poison the well, even like a dance Gavin dance. Although I wouldn't really call them hardcore at all. Uh, that's the kind of shit I like to work out to. The yeah. problem is, I don't work out very often.
0: <laughs> See, and, and, and I'm like the, the odd bird where I can, you know, I could listen to a podcast, I can listen to a, a comedy podcast. You know, there's a couple of times where I'd be on the bench and I'd laugh and be like, oh, 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 God, I'm in trouble.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, like Mosta Flames is a big ass band. Like, you think about Bury Your Pain, you think about Nowhere Left to Sink, like, they have 10 plus million streams on Spotify. They, they have a huge following. Even the song Habitual Decline on this record was their big track, and that's got almost 2 million streams on Spotify. Wow. Um, so, and I do like that song, by the way. I would actually say of the two records, like Moth to Flames is the one that kind of stuck with me more. I love hardcore when I love it. It's something I kind of have to be in the mood for now. To me, hardcore is driving music. I know it sounds like I have a road rage problem. I don't. Uh, I drive very much under the uh, limitations of the law, but I, I digress. Um, two records that kind of won't be in my discussion for top three, but if I, you know, would recommend when it would be like, like moths to flames, um, no eternity in gold. So there are two music reviews kind of shoved together after we went on our long, wonderful tangent about hello. It's you from bearings, Sam end the show with our CGC spotlight of the week
0: spotlight this week is New Teen Titans number two. This is the first appearance of Deathstroke, the Terminator, Slade Wilson, and also the first appearance of Trigon in cameo. I actually got CGC to note the first cameo appearance of Trigon, so I'm a little bit proud. This is the first one that they noted. This is a 9.8 white pages signed by George Perez. This came out in... Oh, the date's a little bit different. I didn't write this one. December 1980... Marv Wolfman's, Marv Wolfman's story, George Perez and Romeo Tengal art. And of course, a George Perez cover. I actually got this book from Dom, uh, Dominator Comics on IG. Um, I actually, I had a 9-8 blue label. I remember, I think it was probably three or four years ago, we did our first show, or at least my first show that I kind of helped um, Dom outsell some books. I had a 9-8 blue label and I saw that he had this. At the end of the show, we still had it. I said, like, hey, would you trade for a blue label and some cash? Dom's a great guy. Of course, he did it. Can't thank him enough. Shout out to Dom. So when I was checking uh, GPA today, it wasn't working for me, but uh, Dom's a great guy. And I just said, hey, can you do a quick double check on some numbers? I just want to make sure what's on the census. So after after Dom sent me back, we got 122 9.8 that are the signature series. That's the yellow label, which, of course, if you follow uh, on Instagram, we podcast. We know things. We always post the book there. Blue label, however, for a 9.8, there's 667. So if you're if you're one to look at rarity, try to get the 9.8 sig. Now George Prez, I know at first he retired from doing signatures. Now I've been kind of seeing him dabble a little bit back and forth. So I imagine this number is going to go up. And I only had the numbers for 9.6s. Also 152 in the signature series. And in the blue label for a 9.6, 950. I didn't get the total count on the census, but I know it's Coming out in 1980, there's definitely a lot of a lot of them on the market. But if you're going to go for one, try to get the signature series. George Prez is the man. So the story we got, it's called Today the Terminator. Grant Wilson gets into an argument with his girlfriend, Carol Sladky. He begins to get abusive when Starfire and Wonder Girl enter the room and repel him with their powers. Because of this and many other reasons, Carol breaks up with, with Grant. He swears his revenge on the Titans, eventually becoming the first Ravenger. And then in the end, you eventually, they tease you Deathstroke. You get teased with Trigun near the end of the episode. Trigun and Deathstroke, two awesome villains in the DC universe. If you want to see them in action or at least see Trigun, um, even check out, um, it was a Dark Side War, the DC's animated movie. You get him a little bit in near the end of it. Thought it was absolutely fantastic. But if you're a fan of Slade Wilson, Deathstroke, At his first appearance, new Teen Titans, number two.
1: Awesome. We went a lot longer than we thought we would tonight, but I'm happy we did. Worth it, baby. Happy we did. We got Ghost of Tsushima out there. We got Mandalorian out there. We got Bearings out there. We did did a lot of talking about a lot of things we really love. So listen, when you can do that, and I have to go record a second one, uh, it was worth it. We hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving. And as our gift to you, not only are you getting this episode early, Not only are you going to get a Nintendo's thoughts on on Monday, but we're going to switch up the outro music this week. And you're going to get what I've been gushing about is this new theme music from the Nintendo podcast that I do. You're going to get that music because it's so fucking sick. I want everybody to hear it. Um, So thank you so much again for all the great shout outs on the first episode. Looking forward to doing the second one right now, as a matter of fact, after this is done recording. Go enjoy that theme music. Have a great Thanksgiving, a wonderful and safe Black Friday and Cyber Monday. We'll see you next week for episode 214. Food coma
0: in three, two, one.